You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, a monthly drop of interviews where we have a wine with the world's most inspirational female founders. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, the CEO and co-founder of Scrunch, a global influencer marketing community, as well as the founder of Spark Founders Program, a global membership for female founders who are ready to grow their business. Our vision for Spark TV is to share founder stories so you might garner inspiration and pick up strategies to shortcut your own success. Before we start, I do have a special request. Press pause and go and get yourself a glass of vino. We've both got one and we want to share it with you. Got it? Amazing. Remember, you can also watch these episodes on our YouTube channel, Spark Founders Program, or you can follow our Instagram account at Spark Founders Program for daily business tips. Now sit back, enjoy the vino, and let's bring a little spark to your business. Kelly, the skin queen herself. (laughs) Welcome to Spark TV. Yay. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be on here. When I saw the email, I was like, oh, okay. Because as I said before we record, I've listened to the podcast before you've interviewed a lot of my friends in business. So excited to be on here. Well, it was only a matter of time then, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And I love that we got the pink memo. This is good. Very on brand for today. Always pink background, everything. (laughs) So good. So good. Well, look, why don't we just start at the beginning? Let's tell people who you are and what you do, and then we'll get a bit of a backstory to fill everyone in. Yes. So my name's Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen. I started off as a skin therapist, treating people with microdermabrasions, facials, and lasering a few vaginas. <laughs> Just to be <laughs> That blunt. sounds like a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh, this is not for me. And I was just working in an environment where there was high sales pressure. And if anybody's mm. ever visited a skin clinic before and feel like they've had the hard sell, yeah, it's just a zicky for the girls who are selling to you. <laughs> oh God, yes. um, so from there, I jumped ship and I actually got a job as an educator with some of Australia's top skincare brands. So um, cool. brands like Ultraceuticals, Aspect, Cosmetics, some really cool things. That's where I really like settled into myself as a young adult, but also as a career person, because mm. I realized quite quickly that my superpower is helping to educate and lead other women in business. And that's really my passion. So did that for about six years and then COVID happened. And I'm sure this has been said a lot on your podcast because I know (laughs) I get it quite a lot. We had a lot of time to rethink everything and be like, is this actually what we want to do? And a lot of time Mm. on our hands to create. So (laughs) started to build my little online platform, my Instagram, created a little ebook, which was called um, like social media marketing for beauty businesses, obviously to the point mm. um, that did really well. And then I was like, I think I could turn this into something more. So I did. And literally like a year and a half later, my boss came to me and was like, what are you doing? Are you in here <laughs> or are you in with you? So I was like, yeah, okay, well, I'm in wow. with me. So I've become a course creator for the professional skin industry and still using my education skills, still helping to lead women in the industry. And that is still where my passion lies. I love it. This is so good. 
And so in so many things to unpack there, which is amazing. I know this is going to be a brilliant chat, but interesting that you kind of, the boss gave you a little bit of an ultimatum to sort of take that leap. What did that feel like? Were you, had you wanted to make it your full-time gig or what was that kind of thought process while you were there? Yeah, of course. And I love sharing this part of my story because I think when I was wanting to make the leap, there weren't enough examples of this. I was following a lot of women in business and on social media who were already into their business, like they're already a few years in. And gosh, it is so scary. Like I was in a job paying me 120000 a year. I was really comfortable. I had a car allowance, had a nice car. Yeah. And so I had really no reason to leave, but mm. I was like, okay, I'll do it. So as I said, it was really hard to find examples. So the way that I did it for me, I kind of started to develop or not develop, but kind of started to stash away a bit of a nest egg. Nice. I was yeah. like, if I can have, you know, three to six months worth of savings to just cover the bills, then I'll be yeah. really happy. And I'll just like ball on a budget in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> and I think by that point, like I'd already created so much that I was like, I don't really want to throw it all away. I knew if I'd stayed where I was, I'd be very disappointed, but I think that's me in general with life. I don't know if it's like my risk appetite has increased since working for myself, or I've always just been like, I'll give it a go. But I always Mm. feel like if I don't go after the things in life, I'm like, will I be disappointed in myself? Yes. Okay. I'm just going to do it and I'll figure it out later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that it, was what it does I did. feel like such a big risk though, doesn't it? I love that you did say that you put to away a nest egg though. Mm-hmm. I was just having a conversation with somebody this morning and I was like, you know, sometimes it's glorified, like just go all in, you know, you've got to be all in or it won't work. And I'm like, it's really risky for people, like just quitting everything and taking this leap of faith. And then it's like, well, nothing ever works out as quick as you think it will. Oh, at all. And like, don't get me wrong. I had a mortgage. I had car repayments. Like Mm -hmm. I had a dog and I now have like multiple responsibilities with pets. But so I think sometimes people are like, oh, well, lucky for you. Mm. No, it's just that you were bold enough to take that risk and be like, I'm just going to do it. And honestly, for the first like three or four months, I was like, oh dear, I stuffed up. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing $2,000 come in in a month total or like, you know, two and a half. I was like, oh "Oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) die. Pretty much, pretty much. (laughs) No safety net, no margarita again. It's all ramen noodles. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's it. And do you know what though? This is what I love the most about my story is because I was still trying to live a little bit of luxury, but I did it on a budget. So what Mm. I would do, which I think really helped And I say this now to my partner who works for me, he's like new in the business. And when, you know, we have a bad day, he's like, well, I could sell my car. We could just get a 5,000. I'm like, no, that's like, Mm. no, that's not going backwards. It's fine. Cause it's easy to get into that mindset when you're not generating money in your income. And I think we do see it on social media all the time. It's all bloody glamorized. Like I made this much money in one month, right? And you're like, okay, cool. But like, that's not the everyday, let's be honest. Um, And for me, I guess the way that I held the energy that I knew I was going to be successful, I used to go for a walk around expensive suburbs and expensive houses with my dog and be like, oh, I live here. Like I belong here. Mm. And I still remember afterwards on my way home and I'd do this once a week, I'd pull into a servo. I'd get like a can of $1.50 sparkling water yeah. and they'd often have like this beautiful chickpea with semi-dried tomato 
salad with couscous yeah. and it just felt so Mediterranean and I'd go sit outside on my deck and eat this fancy salad with my thing and it would cost me like six dollars in total but I just mm. held on to that luxury energy. <laughs> I love that so much so like two big standouts for me that you just said like that actually believing at first mm. um, but physically taking yourself into those environments I think it's so easy to be like uh, I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire. But then you like look around, you're like, I hate this house. Or I hate this. I hate this. But like actually getting yourself into that energy and going into the suburb that you wanted to live in and eating the food that you were and like actually feeling it, I think is so huge when it comes to mindset and manifestation. Even today after this episode, I'm so excited because I'm going to take myself to my local shopping center and get gluten-free donuts and bubble tea. Probably going to cost yes! me 10 bucks, but I just love, it's like new and it's a vibey area. So I'm, yeah. like, I'm just going to sit there and smash out the hard task because I vibe. It's so good. I love that. And the other thing that you said as well, which really interests me, um, you know, people showing up on social media and being all like, oh, I've made a six figure, seven figure month. I'm a billionaire. And I love, we mentioned Claire, who was on the pod, Claire Wood, who was on the podcast. I think she'll be coming out in the same season as you um, about profit, right? Like she always talks about intentional profit. That's her new book. And that's one of the things that the people on Instagram don't actually talk about. Oh, it's like, right. you know, they might've had this six figure month, but they don't talk to you about the fact they've actually made no money because they spent it all on ads or they, you know, the cost of their business is so high to run. But I think that is like the essence of Claire too. That's why she's created intentional profit because even myself now, I work with a lot of beauty business owners who are like, oh, well there's money in the bank. So I'm doing well. And then you look Mm -hmm. at it and you're like, they're like, well, I made 10 grand last month. It's like, yeah, but you spent eight grand to get there. Yes, (laughs) I know. It's and I mean it's really like bothersome. It's almost like people are learning business from Instagram. (laughs) I know. I might trigger people when I say this, but I feel like it's very MLM. Yes. Oh my God. It is though, isn't it right? And it's (laughs) sort of it's not until uh, I guess people really go, holy shit, why can't I pay my bills? that they kind of go, have the has the wool been pulled over my eyes and I actually yeah. need to sort my finances out? I think it's a huge challenge for anyone starting a business is like actually getting your head around the boring stuff. Mm, that's it. It's worth it though in the end. Like mm-hmm. I think back now, I've built my business from the ground up. Like I went all in in July, 2021. Yeah. And I've outsourced a lot of things now so I can focus on my zone of genius. But even just then my partner came in and he was like, just paid this bill. You got this much outstanding. Our bass is all good. Our tax is all good. And we're projected for this. And I was like, don't know what you said, but I'm happy that that's there. But I did know it once upon a time. (laughs) And it's worth knowing those things yourself at the beginning. So yeah, still initially when people are learning it, yeah, yeah. Pay attention to the boring stuff because at the end, it gets you to a position where you can outsource it. Yes. That's so good. I love that. How is it? So what kind of things do you outsource in your business? How's that process been like letting go of control? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm really passionate about this. I really believe in staying in your zone of genius because Mm -hmm. I got to a stage in my business, probably beginning of last year where I just felt burnt out. And my Mm -hmm. business was like, you know, booming in terms of the brand and people were like, you look like you're doing so well. We're seeing you everywhere. Oh my gosh. It's so cool to see you do well. But I was like, I literally have made eight grand this month. Like I'm not doing that well (laughs) compared to where I want to be. I couldn't figure out why I couldn't scale. 
And then I realized it's because I wasn't actually focusing on the money-making activities that I love to do in my business. So for me, that's showing up and creating the content. And for a lot of the women that I work with in the beauty industry, that's them being client facing too, because that's where they're going to generate the money. But I was so stuck in doing my own bookkeeping, editing my own podcast, trying to do my own Facebook ads, responding to all of the messages and emails every day that I was like, my gosh, it's if I only had time back in my week to create more content and get in front of my target audience more, I could probably generate more money. So that was another really scary thing to do because yeah, I was earning eight grand a month. And when I started to reach out to people and be like, okay, how much is it? Like the Facebook ads person was like 1500 a month plus GST. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, the virtual assistant was like, I charge $50 an hour and I've got 10 hours available. I was like, okay, that's adding up. The bookkeeper was like, yep, we charge $400. I was like, okay, it's all adding up. Yeah. It's (laughs) scary. Once again. Yeah. But honestly, I don't regret it because now I have outsourced all of those things that I've mentioned. And I've just recently this year hired my fiance as my business manager to oversee all the systems and processes and contractors so I can stay in my zone of genius. Like all day yesterday, all I did was spend time making reels, TikToks, YouTubes, podcasts, and today I'm editing them and it lights me up and that's what I'm good at. And now people are always purchasing from me left, right, and center. And they say, I see you everywhere. And I'm like, okay, see now... I can see that return on investment because now my business is able to grow and scale because I've stuck to my zone of genius and outsource the rest. And I, I didn't think, think it was going to be possible, but it is. <laughs> it's so good. And I love that you say that, you know, your zone of genius. And I love that you use the words um, people say to me, they see me everywhere <laughs> yeah. because I kind of think that that's important. I know that there are some schools of thought where people are like, I don't want to be on social media. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You need to have a very specific sales and marketing strategy. But I just think in this day and age, like being everywhere is kind of really important. Yeah. Well, we're in it. We're in an attention game, no Mm. matter what sort of business Mm. you've got, whether you've got an e-commerce business, whether you're a coach, whether you're a course creator, whether you're a beauty therapist, a PT, a hairdresser, we're in an attention game. Yes. We've all just want to be front of mind of your ideal target audience at all times. And that's all I'm always thinking about. So I'm like, well, if I can be everywhere, I'm going to be front of your mind. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. And I mean, look, you're targeting a really specific industry as well. You know, how do you go about getting in front of the right people? Is it just, you know, the create content? Like, how does that actually work? Yeah, I love this. Um, I know my target audience in and out Mm. honestly like I know where they go get coffee I know (laughs) what skincare brands that they stock in their clinic I know what events they're going to so much so to the point that I've reached out to all of the industry events that are happening this year already researched them and reached out and said hey is there an opportunity for me to speak at this event (laughs) nice yes that is so good definitely one part of it but also too I love Facebook groups I think Mm. Facebook groups are epic because, I mean, are you in any Facebook groups yourself, Danielle? Yeah, totally. So anything that's to do with um, sales, marketing, influencer marketing, or small business, I always put my two cents worth in. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm the same in the beauty industry. The amount of Facebook groups that I'm in, and I'm always, yeah, giving my two cents. But yeah, once again, it just helps you to show up everywhere. And then collaborating. I think Mm. one of the biggest things that I've really leaned into, yes, I do Facebook ads, but um, 
business to business marketing has actually been the best thing ever. Really? So recently I reached out to an owner of a esthetician group in America. Mm-hmm. So same as a skin therapist here in Australia. She has 80,000 people in her Facebook group, but she doesn't have a huge Instagram following and not saying I do, but I'm like, Hey, can we go live together in your Facebook group? And then do you want to go live with me on Instagram? She's like, Oh, I would love that. And honestly, I probably had maybe 250, 300 new emails from that live. Wow. For it. So, Oh my God, that is so huge. So how do you, how do you find people to collaborate with? Well, I'm always looking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's looking at strategically, like even now being uh, doing influencer work, Mm. um, I constantly get influencer things and people are like, what are your rates? And I'm like, well, if you've got a database with my target audience, you can send out something to your email database to promote me. I will do this for you for free. And Oh my God. That is so smart. Like, I love that you just said that so much because there is such, I think people undervalue like the, that exchange, right? Like, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who are going, I just want to be paid to do that post. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, based on the amount of followers you have right now, you know, you're going to get a lackluster rate. Mm -hmm. But if you actually said, no, I actually just want to leverage how big your platform is. That's so huge. It's really interesting. I find it funny um, because I do a lot of influencer marketing work, influencers. um, So a brand will do a deal with them and the brand usually wants to like boost the post, like put ad spend behind it. And sometimes the influencers are like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. And like the, the brand wants to pay to advertise you. You're getting free exposure. And I'm like, why are you not snapping that up? Like that's ad dollars that you're getting for nothing. Oh my God, that's so crazy. But I think that's the thing sometimes with influencers, they just want to get paid to post. Mm. Whereas I do have my own business that I actually want to be growing sustainably. Yeah. So it works better for me that way. But I guess in terms of finding those people, it's about thinking about your target audience. Yeah. What pages, and even if it, like, I think in the early days, like I would just be having conversations with people in my target audience. And Mm. I've said this multiple times, but I always think of my number one supporter in my business. And she's somebody who's been with me since day dot. She literally lives up in the Northern Territory. Mm. And I love just conversing with her because she'll be like, oh, did you see that post in that group? Like, I'm not a part of that group, join that group. Or she'll be like, oh, I'm going to this new dance class. And I'm like, oh, what's this dance class? I'm like, oh, there's a couple of skin therapists in the area going there. Or the more that you know your target audience, the more you can find these places to reach out to. I think Mm. that's what it is. It's about being strategic. Like it's the same with any business. Um, I was just doing some work with the business before this call. And I was saying, okay, well, you're wanting to help people with their skin. Like, Think about people who are going to wedding dress shops or going to hairdressers or injectables or lash techs. How can you collaborate them in one way or another to tap into their audience? It's so true. Like there are so many complementary opportunities, aren't there, that you just Mm. need to. And it's like, I feel like as a business owner, we just need to live it. We need to live our ideal customer. You know, we need to, you're right, having those conversations, going to those events, like always being on the lookout for how we can add value and collaborate. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing because that's going to help your business to grow. And I think when you do know your customer, you know, you would know yourself being like in marketing, when you know Mm. your customer, 
you can really create product solutions that will be really applicable to them because yeah. you know them inside and out. You know what they're going through. You know how they speak. You know how mm-hmm. they think. So you know how to create content for them. You know how to create solutions for them. You know what they need. Mm. Oh my God. I love this so much because it's so like good marketing value, right? Like every, every business, I think every business owner wakes up in the morning going, how do I make more money? Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's all we're thinking about is how do I scale? How do I grow? What's the right thing to do? But I love that you're bringing it back to your ideal customer, like just concern yourself with that one person and how you add value to their life and solve their problems. Like it's just, if you can kind of keep coming back to that, everything sparks around it. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, incredible. So tell me then, going from employee to business owner, (laughs) any challenges that have come up for you over the years? Oh, where do I start? (laughs) I mean, like even last night, just there's always something new to learn and tweak and everything's always an iteration of an iteration. Mm. Um, You know, even to the point where before my partner came in was like, we've just done X, X and X. We've just paid off this. He's like, oh, and we finally paid off that $47,000 tax bill. <laughs> tax so, bills are the worst. I don't know. You can have the best accountant and you still sometimes look around and how do I have another tax bill? Well, I had a really good accountant, but I was doing my own bookkeeping. Uh, and I was just ignoring numbers and being like, I've got it, it's fine, and didn't mm. expect to get that big of a tax bill. So immediately after that, I was like, All right, this is yeah, I need a bookkeeper. I do not know what I'm doing. Um, but Like, I guess there's nothing too much bad that I can stuff up definitely as a business owner. And I'm sure everybody can relate to that. Um, Boundaries are really Mm. important. I think we Mm. often want to serve everybody and be there for everybody. But at the end of the day, like I've really had to pull back this year and be like, well, what is going to be really in alignment with me and my values? Last year, I was really trying to get my brand out there and I said yes to way too much. Mm. And I was bending over backwards to people, please. I was doing Instagram lives with lots of people. I was doing real collabs with everybody. I think um, because my podcast was growing, people were asking to jump on my podcast every second day. And I remember one day I had two full days mm. of recording podcast apps. And then Claire actually, because I was working with her at the time, reached out and was like, I'd love to jump on your podcast and talk about my program and how profit is so important. I was like, that would be really valuable but I've got podcasts scheduled 12 weeks in advance because I keep Mm. saying yes to people jumping on my podcast. So I think we probably, lots of people I've heard do that in their first year of business, but it's okay to come back and be like, am I spreading myself too thin and overcommitting and saying yes to too much? What can I pull back on so that I can actually realign? And I think that's been the biggest lesson for me because I do want to be everywhere and I do want to be, you know, liked because we all do as humans. It's just what we do. Yes. <laughs> I need to channel my Anna Wintour a little bit more sometimes and just be a little bit more cold and true love to my that. I love that. <laughs> um, but I think as women don't feel guilty for yeah. being like, this isn't actually going to serve me or align with my values. 
I love that so much. And you are right. I think in our first year or a couple of years of business, we're like, oh my God, I need to say yes to everything. Uh, otherwise I'm not, it's not going to work or whatever. Mm. But even that process of, yeah, what is my vision? What's in alignment mm. with how I want to show up and run my business. But also um, one of the things I found was there's, there was so much I was saying yes to that actually had no impact on my business. Right. I was like, if I didn't sit on that panel, it would make no difference. So all yeah. I'm doing is giving them my energy, exhausting myself, and then I actually can't show up and grow my business. So I think that is yeah. such a good lesson to actually reflect on, firstly, you know, that vision, that alignment, but also like what is actually going to move the needle for your business as well? Yeah, and I think it you can feel like even me, like I'm, this year I was like, I'm saying no to more things. Mm. pull back and sometimes I feel mean and I feel like a bad person but then a lot of people have come out of the woodworks and been like I'm so inspired by you that you just say like hard no to things and I was like okay because I feel like a bitch (laughs) yeah you're right like exactly what you said Danielle like if it's not going to increase your bottom line it takes you away from you making money in your business and Yeah. yeah it could be great for exposure and a few new followers but what could you better serve with your time? And exactly right with being on a panel. Somebody's asked me to be on a panel recently, but mm. they also wanted me to help with the promotion and the marketing. And I'd have to travel and, you know, go into meetings to, I was just like, no, this isn't aligned unless I'm going to get paid for it. I just have to say, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. It's people sort of underestimate sometimes when they reach out to you and ask you for things what exactly it takes. Like I was having this conversation because International Women's Day is coming up and there's lots of controversy at the moment because there's lots of women being asked to sit on panels or keynotes or whatever without being paid. Yeah, without being paid. Yeah, so I need you to say that. Yeah, and it's so empowering. I know. It's it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But it is interesting because I was having a chat to another woman in business and we're like, um, people kind of go, well, it's just half an hour keynote. And it's like, well, no, I've got to travel. I'm missing out on work. I've got to outfit. write this speech, outfit. I've got to buy something new. Exactly. It's like this huge, huge adventure. And people just think, well, you're only just standing up for there for 30 minutes. Why are you complaining about being paid? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, people don't actually know what is involved to show up in a great way because you also want to do a great job for the audience as well. That's right. And you know, I learned two things. One thing I actually learned from Denise Duffield Thomas. I love her so much. Yes. And she said the same. She was like, I was asked to speak. Um, it was only for an hour. I said, here's my fees, $10,000. And they were like, for what? She's like, but it's not one hour. It's exactly what Mm. you just said. Mm. It's the time to travel there. I've got to organize somebody to look after my pets. It's accommodation, it's outfits, it's hair, it's presentations. Like all this takes time. She's like, in hindsight, she's like, I'm undercharging because that's honestly going to take two days of my time yes. plus expenses. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's so true. But then another thing I think women can sometimes feel guilty charging that much. And mm. I saw a TikTok yesterday that I know you and your audience will love. It was that <laughs> you don't spend money, you circulate money. And so mm. if you're receiving that money, you're only going to circulate it to another business for them to temporarily hold. And so that I'm taking into everything that I do now when I'm charging my prices. I'm like, it's, I'm not, it's not that I'm getting it. It's that I get it to circulate it. 
Yes, I love that. There is a really interesting, um, you know, vibe, right? Like uh, money is energy and you can kind of assign any amount of energy you want to it, good or bad, you know, negative, positive. I love that idea of I'm actually getting this in so I can grow and I can impact more amazing lives and I can circulate it and contribute to the good of the world. You know, I think it coming to terms with the negative things that people have told us over the years about making money or making a lot of money is one of like the biggest issues women have in business. I know it's what I'm passionate about too. Money mindset, such a huge thing, isn't it? It's crazy. I even, so I'm just in the middle of revamping. So Spark has a sales program and after teaching it a bunch of times over the years, that's the biggest thing that's kind of shocked me. I was like, I can tell you what to do. I can show you the process, the strategy, but I'm like, if you don't have the right headspace mindset, you're not, you just don't show up and do the work. So it all starts with mindset, doesn't it? That's it. Totally how, have, how have you navigated that? Are there any like tricks or courses or anything you've taken to like improve your own mindset around money? Yes. So I don't know if this is like a conventional way, but it's definitely been the most impactful way. Mm. When I first started my business, um, you know, I came from corporate. So yes. it was like hustle, work nine to five, eat lunch in the car on the run, Like I was like, Mm. wow, (laughs) I had to really retrain myself when I left my job. And I came across this person on the internet who was like, you know, I make tens of thousands of dollars with ease and flow. And I was like, (laughs) what's this bullshit? I was like, (laughs) the more I started learning into like leaning into it, I was like, Mm. oh, the energetics of business, the energetics of money and all this stuff. And I ended up actually doing abundance hypnotherapy. Oh my God. Cool. Life-changing, honestly, life-changing. So it was actually a um, friend who quit her job from the same business I was working at at the same time. So we both kind of like jumped into the deep end, holding hands, being like, oh, and she just finished um, doing hypnotherapy and NLP. And I was like, can I please pay you to do some abundance hypnotherapy? And we did six sessions together. The investment was about three grand. Yeah. It was scary once again. Mm. And we met weekly for six weeks and we just worked through all of the limiting beliefs. We reprogrammed my thoughts. We, you know, really did some timeline therapy and it was Mm. honestly the best thing that I've ever invested in because it rewires your mind without having to do too much. And it's interesting because- like even this morning, now that my partner's with me and he's come from a corporate background and he just likes to work all the time. And yesterday I was like, that's not what we're here to do though. Yeah. <laughs> I said to him this I morning, the fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not why I started a business. It's like eight o'clock this morning. And he's like at the computer with his coffee still in his pajamas. And I'm like, go over a shower and get ready. Like there's no rush. What are you doing? Mm. But I said to him, what, what comes to mind straight away. And for anybody listening, this would be really good for you too. When I say you don't have to work hard to make lots of money and be successful. I said, don't think about it. Just what comes to mind? He was like, false, not true. We do work hard. And I was like, but we don't work hard. We work smarter Mm. and we are proof. I was like, yesterday we had a $10,000 day and we went to a bathhouse for 90 minutes at two (laughs) o'clock. He was like, yeah, because we worked hard. I was like, but we didn't. We just have worked smarter. Yes. And I'm like, this is your limiting belief. This is why you think you need to be at your desk all the time. And I can just hear he's gone to the gym now. So I'm like, okay, he's taken on board something, what I've said. But 
I think for a lot of us, you know, we do have limiting beliefs that keep us stuck. Mm. And I've done a lot of work on that through abundance hypnotherapy, journaling. I've got my tarot cards that I now lean into. I love it. Yes. (laughs) But it's a constant work in progress. Like whenever something Mm. comes up, I'm like, oh, where has this come from? Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting as well. And I think um, interesting that you referred to the corporate background because so I've got a corporate background as well. Mm. And it's like, you know, so anyone that's working corporate, like it's like you've got to be in first, you've got to leave last, you've got to be seen to be working hard. Even if you're not actually working hard, it's just the the portrayal, right? Like everyone needs to know how hard I'm working. So I get the promotion or the pay rise or the whatever. And I feel like we just drag all of that crap into business. I know. It took me a long time to reset, not only my nervous system, but the way Mm. that I worked. Mm. I was like, there's more to life than that. But I did for a very long time have this belief that I wasn't worthy of success and I had to work hard in order to have success. And Mm. you know what? Now I've just been like, I offer a lot of value to people. I'm just going to start charging more. And I did it. And the proof is in the pudding and people are signing up and I'm like, (gasps) that is so freaking cool. I love it. I love it. You have been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story on Spark TV. I know just personally, like thinking about those mindset lessons um, and your journey, I've got a got a few things that I'm going to work on today. So I'm so stoked to share your story with the Spark community. Thank you so much for being here today. Such an honor. Thank you so much, Danielle. That wraps this episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. That helps other amazing female founders like you find us and grow too. You can also follow along on Instagram at Spark Founders Program for daily business inspiration and DM us with a guest you'd like to hear from next. Or even join our community at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Thank you for being here. And if no one tells you today, you got this.